Welcome to Chapter 3 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Steve Stanick, CIO at Mississippi Baptist Health System. In this segment, Stanick talks about the key lesson he learned during his time in consulting, how he landed at Mississippi Baptist, and what he loves and hates the most about meaningful use. You've been at the organization about five years? Correct. Okay. And where were you prior to that? Um, I did a year and a half at Pro Systems as a consultant, managing the triad contract, which actually became uh, acquired by Community Health Systems. And then before that, for, uh, I don't know, God, I want to say it was eight years, I was the C- VP CIO at Memorial Health in Savannah, Georgia. Okay. So now, it, both with having that, that time at uh, Memorial Health and then uh, the time in the consulting, I'm sure that there were some... Uh, kind of interesting uh, perspectives there. Just, you know, that I learned I didn't want to be a consultant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's a tough life, right? Tough, uh, tough well, it's, it's actually, you know, here, here's the way I guess people would look at it is that in the consulting world, there, there are folks that just love that because you go in, you know, you tell them what the problem is and you leave, them, you leave them what they need to do to fix it and then you move on to your next deal. I'm much more of a guy that likes to figure out the problem and then be part of working to get it resolved. That that gives me a a greater sense of professional satisfaction as opposed to here's your yeah. issue, here's what you need to do. Okay, we'll check back on you in a month. Bye. You know, so right. that, that that's just a personal thing more than anything. Yeah, it's just something that where you you're glad that you did it, so you you know, you kind of wanted to know for sure if that was something yeah. that that you could see doing. Yeah, yeah, I I think that I, I I'm glad I did it. I you know, I I enjoyed the people I met obviously and and you know, when you work with uh, somebody like Pro Systems, which is now Dell, I guess Dell acquired them. You know, you have resource that you never dreamed you'd have. I mean, as a larger organization, many people, so there were there was much more resource available to you than than you know sometimes when you're in a, in a CIO setting. So yeah, that 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 was a I guess a lesson that I learned. Okay, and what uh, like what size? Uh organization was Memorial Health. Is that something that was kind of comparative to? Uh... Yeah, it, it, it was about the same as um, as Baptist. So. Probably one of the big differences is that Memorial was just the main acute center in, in Savannah. They didn't have any uh, critical access hospitals or any other, you know, kind of affiliated entities. Yeah. When you did come on board to, uh, to Mississippi Baptist, what was um, most appealing about uh, taking on this particular role? Um, I think that the you know the the organization very progressive. Um, you know they, they were do, they were doing a lot of a lot of the right things, looking to grow. Also, I tend to migrate back to faith-based entities. You know, I, I like faith, I like to work for faith-based organizations, Baptist faith-based. So, um, you know that that was appealing to me. The people here, young leadership. So, I, I like that. Strong commitment to technology too. I mean, they they knew that. You know, they were going to have to continue to make investments in IT. So. Right. And it sounds like there's, there's a lot of movement with, uh, you know, the, the critical access hospitals oh, yeah. and probably on the other <laughs> ambulatory side as well. Sure is. Okay. And then as far as, you know, uh, for, for, for where you're located and um, uh, being able to, to recruit and uh, retain staff, is that something that's been a challenge? That's probably... You know, one of the bigger challenges is opposed. You know, here, here's the way I, I look at it: is that if you if you're in a in a place like like um, Jackson, where the you know even though we're the state capital, 
there's not a lot of healthcare IT talent. So you find folks that are very dedicated or, or, you know, committed to the area, and you're able to invest some training and education in them. They, They tend to stay loyal. As opposed to if you know you were like in Atlanta where there's a lot of healthcare IT talent around, but it tends to, there's also a lot of healthcare IT opportunity, so re- retention becomes an issue. You know, you're in a, you're in, you know, everybody's in competition for the same talent pool. Yeah. You know, in, in in Jackson and and in Savannah, you found folks that were dedicated to the area and then willing to willing to invest in in learning a new skill set or learning the skills to to stay in that area and, and keep with the organization. So you know, it's it's you know, I, I hate to say pick your poison, but pick your path, I guess, is what I would say. It's, you know, everybody, there's challenges everywhere. I, I think that um, that also, regardless of, of what kind of situation you're in, ebbs and flows with, with you know, the economy and IT. I mean, a couple of years ago, the, there there was an abundance of, abundance of IT, ta- IT talent because the economy wasn't there. Well, then once that picks up, you know, it's hard to find anywhere, so. Yeah. I guess the other thing that might be that might be tough is just that you know w- with the pace of things right now they yeah, never right. really needs to be done. That's that I can imagine is uh, is a tough to, position to be in to to keep people keep them happy and keep them from being too you know overburdened. Well, yeah, and it, it also also depends on what kind of person you are. I always like new challenges and new things to do. So I, I like healthcare because it's always changing and it's really changing. I mean, it's like right now it's like at warp speed. Um, but but that's that's just kind of I I like that kind of environment. So you know if if you could find those type of individuals, um, they're always very happy in healthcare. So. Yeah. Okay. So I guess the last thing I wanted to to do was just touch a little bit on um, on the uh, the industry. You know, and we've we've talked a little bit about you know some of the the frustrations with with meaningful use. But um, mm-hmm. I guess it just in general, you know, y- your thoughts on on, on meaningful use and, and whether it is uh, taking things in the right direction or, you know, or if there's just, just too many. <laughs> uh, well, I, I actually think meaningful use was a good thing. I think it was something that, that, you know, the government got involved and they said, look, we, we, we need to really, we need to really get everybody in, in, you know, kind of an electronic world. We need to make sure the patient information is available um, to multiple providers, so I, I like the spirit of the law. They, I think they did it right by saying, "Look, we're going to offer you a carrot first. We're going to offer you, you know, for organizations that are going to have issues getting in, we're going to prime the pump a little bit with some stimulus dollars, and then we're going to put a stick afterwards to say, look, if you don't continue doing this, uh, because the government is is the largest spender of of healthcare dollars, so they they want to make sure that they're getting value for what they're spending. So I get that. I think it, I think the spirit of the law was great." The problem I had is the government did not get involved in one aspect that they should have that would have made everything a whole heck of a lot easier. They should have come up with some, you know, standard patient identifier so that it would have been a lot easier for organizations like myself and then vendors like the McKessons, Cerners, and Epics of the world to make sure that patient information flows freely. And if you if you have a simple patient identifier for patients and you tag that on everybody's information it would make the it would make the flow of healthcare information a lot easier so where the government should have gotten involved which is you know you know from a regulatory standpoint they don't want to get involved and i think that's one area that they should have i think it's a very appropriate area for them to be involved in and i think something's going to eventually have to be done because 
you know, as you move down the road with, you know, whatever you call it, population health and wellness and preventive, and as, and as consumers are becoming more informed, my biggest challenge is to make sure that, you know, Steve Stanick's information, which is located in multiple systems amongst multiple providers, there's got to be a common way that we can identify it as, in fact, being my health information. And that's hard to do today. Yeah. It's kind of hard to imagine how uh, it, this wasn't uh, it wasn't part of the original um, plan, but maybe that's that's something where you know we're being a Monday morning quarterback, but it's just kind of hard to fathom that it wasn't a requirement right from the get-go. And and it's you know I know you're familiar with Chime, and I'm I like to think I'm a pretty active member in Chime. It's our biggest initiative right now. Yeah. You know Jeff Smith from Chime explained it to me once, but I. I just don't think it – he explained to me how, why, why the government thought that way, and I just think it, it, it was just a flawed way of thinking. I think that, you know, they, they, they came out with meaningful use, which, you know, it's not a home run. I mean, it put a lot of work on us, but I think it was work that needed to be done to, to get the healthcare industry where it needed to be. But they, they, you're right. They fell off. In one major area, they, they, they fell. And I, I think it is eventually going to be readdressed, but, boy, it sure would have been great if it was addressed three or four years ago is, you know, opposed to whenever it's going to be in the future, so. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I guess that's why it makes it all the more important for, for CIOs to, to try to find that time to, you know, to be involved and, and voice opinions and try to oh, get, yeah. get get change happening quicker. It, it never was a big part of my job, but it's becoming a bigger and bigger part, so. Yeah, you can see why. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um all right. Well, that's uh, we've, we've touched on um, the the things I wanted to address. Okay. Um, I think that that's yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. But I definitely would like to follow up with you again soon on on uh, sure. you know, talk about everything you're working on, especially the, uh, the the clinical integration organization, and just see how things have progressed. Kate, anytime. Just just drop me an email. Let me know. Okay. Great. Well, thanks so much for your time, and uh, yeah, I look forward to catching up with you again. Okay. Have a great day. Okay. Thanks. You too. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.